Yeah, I mean, a free concert tickets, free festival tickets. Yeah. My boss got me a Vitamix for Christmas, like an iPad wow. for my birthday. Wow. You know what I mean? Birthday and Christmas, I'm getting something super dope every year. <laughs> Bonuses out of nowhere, like unbelievable kind of setup, but I was miserable. I want to be my current self from this point forward. I want to learn how to play piano. Working with human beings. Drinking wine in the middle of the day. I want to be a Track driver. I'm going to be the next greatest painter. Just kind of work with kids, getting them ahead in life. I want to be a welder. I want to be a beach bum. I want to be a baseball player. Brewmaster. A winemaker. Professional snuggler. Let me mention those sweet, hot lavender baths and writing in the evening. Hey everyone, this is Blake Fletcher, the Half Hour Intern. I'm very happy to bring today's episode to you about sensory deprivation floating. My guest, Mike Garrett, was introduced to the concept of sensory deprivation floating the same way that I and many other people were, which is through the Joe Rogan podcast. However, after learning about it, Mike was so intrigued that he immediately went and floated several times and it completely changed Mike's life. And after floating and a series of other events that he'll talk about during the interview, Mike decided to leave everything he knew behind and move to San Francisco to start his own float business. So Mike will talk all about his journey, starting his own business, um, give an overview of floating for those of you that don't know what sensory deprivation floating is. And he'll give some floating tips and tricks to try if you decide to float for the first time or if you floated before. I'm sure some of these things you will not have tried the first few times you floated. So the next time you go for a float, you can definitely try it out. I should note that this episode is for mature audiences only. So you'll notice the little E symbol next to the episode. That means explicit content. So one, there's you know profanity used in this episode. If that bothers you, feel free to skip the episode. Two, as Mike is going over the meaningful experiences in his life that led up to him starting his float business, he talks about this amazing journey to Peru to take this drug called ayahuasca that he'll go over during the episode. And it's just an absolutely amazing story. And if you are the type of person that likes to learn about everything that there is out there. I think there's a ton for you here in this episode. Um, if you do not like hearing about things like that, then again, feel free to skip the episode and uh, check out some of the episodes without the little E next to it. Without further ado, here is Sensory Deprivation Floating. Mike, welcome to the show, man. Thanks so much for coming. Thanks for having me, man. It's good to be here. Yeah. So for those of us that don't listen to Joe Rogan or maybe miss those episodes. Why don't you start out by giving us a definition of and telling us a little bit about what sensory deprivation floating is? Cool. Yeah. So floating, um, basically there's a, we have pods. Um, it comes in a couple different forms, but, um, basically it's a foot of water and there's a thousand pounds of Epsom salt dissolved in it. So it's super buoyant and you get in on your back and you just float effortlessly. Mm -hmm. and it's the exact same temperature as your skin. So once you're settled, you don't even feel where your body ends and when the water starts, your whole body just like melts away. And you hit the light button, it's completely dark. So you open your eyes, you close your eyes, it's the exact same sensation. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So thanks to you, I got to experience that sensation this morning. And it's so I feel like for those of us that most likely aren't going to go to outer space in our lifetime, although who knows with the SpaceX project and stuff like that, maybe we will, but it's like the closest thing that we'll ever experience to being in outer space. You have this complete lack of light, complete lack of sense of where you end and nothing else really begins. And it's a very, I mean, that's, I guess why they call it sensory deprivation floating. You can't hear, you can't feel, you can't see. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, everyone has wished they were in the, you know in outer space floating around. Oh, it looks so cool. They'll just be weightless. Well, you can do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's Epsom salt, so I'm sure probably pretty good for you. Are there some therapeutic benefits? There oh, well? yeah. Like some of the people come in almost specifically for the Epsom salt. Um, we have like ultra marathon runners who come in. Mm-hmm. It's because of the magnesium. Magnesium is a cofactor in like over 500 uh, enzymes. Mm-hmm. Um and really relaxes the um, muscles. Yeah, so it's super relaxing. It helps you sleep. Um, it's just really key for like rejuvenation. Mm-hmm. And so the Epsom salt is magnesium sulfate. Okay. So you absorb magnesium while you're floating. So it's like one of the reasons why you're so relaxed is just all the magnesium you're absorbing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome, man. Yeah, there's so many different benefits to it. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll tackle some more of those uh, in a bit, but let's try to get to your history and how you got here. So you obviously own this, what's called a float spa. Now, when did you first hear about floating? Uh, From Joe Rogan. Yeah. I remember pretty specifically like when he first mentioned it because it just, it's such an alien idea (laughs) and he was like so into it. Like out of nowhere, he's just like, this, this thing, like, it's so important. Like, more people should do this. It's amazing. And he's such a no-bullshit guy. Yeah, totally. Like, he, he hates bullshit. He's, that's why he's so popular. I mean, he's just, like, obsessed with, like, the truth, right? Yeah. And um, so, yeah, he talked about it. And this is, like, 2010, I think. Mm-hmm. Really early 2010 when his, first, when his podcast first started. I was listening at work and um, heard about it and then maybe a month later or something, just booked a float and tried it. So and, you were living uh, in LA at the time, right? Yeah. I was living in LA Yeah, doing, um, like admin accounting for an entertainment law firm. Okay. So it was super chill. I worked for my buddy's aunt who was like the nicest person I've ever met. So like my boss was super cool, super nice, paid well. I worked like four days a week. So it was just like what a super on chill. Paper, easy. It looks like a perfect job. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a free concert tickets, free festival tickets. Yeah. My boss got me a Vitamix for Christmas, like an iPad wow. for my birthday. Wow. You know what I mean? Birthday and Christmas. I'm getting something super dope every year. <laughs> Bonuses out of nowhere, like unbelievable kind of setup, but yeah. I was miserable. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, it's so interesting it's um i mean it's a lot like i always compare it to relationships if anybody's ever been in a relationship or started dating somebody i should say where you just don't really hit it off with it's like you can look at at this person on paper you know like uh you might look at a girl and think wow i'm really attracted to this girl um i'm friends with all of her friends and you know everything clicks kind of when we're all together and then you start dating the person and all of a sudden it's just like you, it's almost hard to put your finger on, but there's just something that's not there, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, that same thing, it's so easy for that same thing to happen in your career. And it's so interesting where like you and uh, I myself previously had a job with tons of awesome benefits. And it's a, it's a really weird position to be in this job that, you know, a lot of other people would kill for, but it just doesn't feel right for you. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think comfortable, situations are really scary. I mean, I, from Duncan Trussell, who's another podcaster, like he was one of the biggest inspirations for me quitting my job. Like he would do these rants about kill the vampire in your life. He has his high voice, (laughs) kill the vampire in your life. Like 
I guess with Van, I don't really know vampire lore, but apparently you have to invite them in and then they can come in yeah, to yeah. your life. So like, that's like a vampire, right? like a relationship. Oh, I really want this girl. I go get her. I bring her into my life. All of a sudden she's destroying my life. The relationship's destroying it because it's such a big part of your life you know, your job and your relationship. And, um, you got like, it just becomes comfortable at a certain point and it's so easy to just stick with that comfortable, you know, thing that whatever that vampire is in your life. And you need to just stab that motherfucker in the heart <laughs> with a piece of wood. And that's what he would always rant about. And I was, um, so you experience all this after flo- like after floating, you're thinking after your very first time, you're already thinking, Holy crap. I think I might need to go back and quit my job. Um, pretty early on, it was probably the second float where I realized like where I kind of got the seed for starting like a float business. I was kind of like, Oh, this is like definitely going to take off Like all the pieces. Like I'm very good at seeing trends. I was like kind of in finance for a while, but it just, it just didn't make sense that it wouldn't get big because it was so awesome. So let let me ask you about that because I, I've, I've floated a couple times now and the two things like floating for me, it's, it's one of those really weird things where someone tells you, uh, all these things about something Mm -hmm. and you want it to be that thing so bad. Like you'll hear somebody, for instance, I think meditation is very much this way. We'll Mm -hmm. talk about like, Oh my gosh, it's freaking life changing. And it's this and that so boring. (laughs) And then you do it and you're just like, okay, like waiting for my life to start changing, like waiting totally. for this enlightening to hit me over the head. Yeah. And meanwhile, you're just sitting there by yourself in your room, really bored. You know, yep. <laughs> you're just like, well, when's the enlightenment part happen? And that was kind of my first experience, uh, floating mm-hmm. was the entire time I was, mm, which is yeah. probably not a good thing to be doing. It's not a very good thing to be sitting there waiting for the enlightenment mm-hmm. to smack yeah. you over the head. Yeah. Did that happen on your first couple floats? Did you have this experience right away where you were like, Whoa, this is interesting. Yeah. I mean, not right away in the first session, but during the first session, it was at the end of it. Um, I was in there for an hour and a half and it probably kicked in at like an hour. Mm-hmm. Like I was in that, in that, um, mode of waiting for it to happen. Like, all right, I'm ready. Like it was so hyped up, yeah. you know, and yeah. expectations in your mind, kind of thinking about some, just overthinking stuff, you know, it just gets in the way. And when you just like, at, at a certain point, I was just like, all right, well, I guess the magic isn't going to happen. And then it started to happen, yeah. you know? Um, but that's like a lot with floating. It just takes a while to kind of get into it. Yeah. Your body just is in a certain state kind of like a, a more rapid brainwave state during the day. Mm-hmm. And it takes a while for it to kind of, it's almost like a hack or a trick, the floating, like, um, like in the intro video, it says we're tricking your body thinking to think that it's asleep almost. Mm-hmm. And so it just takes time for it to like really slow down. Um, but yeah, at a certain point in that first float, there was a moment where it was just like, whoa, like my mind truly stopped and I never felt that without like mushrooms or something, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, it was pretty profound. Like the first one. That's interesting. Yeah. So then you do the second and you start mm-hmm. thinking, okay, I think I might want to start a business here. Yeah. I don't know if it was even in like, in like a sentence like that. It was more just like, I'm very curious and just the whole, like, um, the filtering system, like it was exposed on the tanks, um, at flow lab. And Mm -hmm. I would just like, look at it. I was like, how, how is he, what is this contraption? How does it work? 
Like my mind just does that. That's just how it works, you know? Yeah. And so I would just, I was just like looking at it and looking at the filters and everything and sort of like, and in doing that was almost like, like I want to build this thing, you know, Mm -hmm. I want to figure out how to build it. That was kind of more my, um, my, I thought I was going to go down the manufacturing side more than like, um, starting a spa actually. Yeah. Yeah. And you did build one then, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. How long did that take you? Um, I think it was like three or four months. Um, but yeah, my sister lived, um, an hour and a half away. Um, I don't know if we want to get into like how I got inspired. Yeah, please. To, to, That'd be great. So yeah. So like I was floating a little bit, uh, every once in a while I'm still in my job. And, um, one of the podcasts was, um, Aubrey Marcus from on it talking about him going down to the Amazon and doing ayahuasca. So when I saw that, like, my sister's really cool. And I just showed her the video of it. I was like, you got to see this shit. Like, listen to this guy's story. Yeah. And I remember everyone that takes ayahuasca is just raves about it. Oh yeah. It's, it's like the number one, like most important thing to do in life is to make sure you do ayahuasca. In my opinion, like to live a life and not do that. You're missing out on such an incredible experience. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, explain what that is really quickly for people. That ayahuasca. Know. So ayahuasca is, um, a brew that they've been making and drinking in um, in South America for thousands of years. And they, they found a, a, a leaf that, um, when combined with a bark, um, the leaf has uh, DMT in it, which is a chemical that's made in your pineal gland. Um, some people call it the spirit molecule. Um, because it opens up a door into the spirit world, essentially. That's what it feels like when you're either smoking, like when you smoke DMT, it lasts three minutes. Um, and if you were to drink like a DMT brew without the bark, it wouldn't do anything. You have um, MAO in your in your gut, and it just breaks it down, and so it doesn't take any effect. So yeah. the bark is an MAO inhibitor, Yeah. MAOI. Um, so... Yeah, they make this brew and you drink it, and a lot of times you'll pur- you'll purge, you'll like vomit, um, but it, the, you'll get visions, and everyone's story is like different. With it, kind of gives you what you need to experience to kind of like get you through stuff. It's like a vision quest. Yeah, it is totally a vision quest. Yeah. Have you ever? So one thing I've never heard is I, I've never heard people talk about bad experiences, which is interesting mm. to me because people with um, other psychedelics will talk yeah. about like, Oh, well, if you took too much or this bad thing and whatever, mm-hmm. and the trip went wrong, I've never heard anybody really say mm-hmm. anything like that with ayahuasca. Yeah. Well, I think what's cool about it is most people do it in a setting that's like, um, Sarah ceremony with like a shaman. So, you know, when people just like take acid and go walking around downtown, they have bad trips cause that's not how you do psychedelics. <laughs> yeah. Like you're supposed to be, Laying down in the dark, um, that's what Terrence McKenna said, who's like a philosopher and like, he was, he's an, have you ever heard of Terrence McKenna? The godfather of, yeah. Yeah. You know, Terrence? Yeah. 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 So, uh, that's something he always said was like to be in a dark, quiet place when you do psychedelics and then they have someone looking over you so you feel safe and then they like sing Icaros, these songs, and that grounds you, um, to, you know, your you're being in the present moment in a certain place and you feel this guy's energy and it makes you feel kind of safe. Yeah. And he's like, you feel his being and when he's singing and he's like very passionate and 
all this stuff, you know, is part of the set and setting. That's so important. Right. So, I mean, you could go to an ayahuasca, ayahuasca place and eat mushrooms and that setting would make it so much better than like, you know, it's, it's part of it. It's the ayahuasca itself. Like the experience, everyone calls it mother ayahuasca. It feels basically like mother earth is communicating with you. Yeah. It's this overwhelming feeling. I and mean, it's like extremely common for people to say that, you know, it feels yeah. like nature is just has a direct line to you and it's, it really, I mean, there's so many, it sounds like different. a very like, spiritual type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it. um, I think kind of the most important thing it did for me is like create a paradigm of my belief system about what I am and that I'm like basically like an energy field always existing in this present moment. And so what you've done is you're more, it just kind of gave me, um, and it puts you in this place of like almost feeling like enlightened just demolishes your ego. Mm -hmm. So you're able to experience like what it would feel like to be in this awesome, to be this like really centered, balanced, peaceful, wise, like the best version of yourself. Your higher self. Like me after an ayahuasca ceremony, man, holy fuck. Like just, it's like a cheat code where you're able to kind of go down this long path of spirituality um, and experience what it would be like, you know, if you're, kind of like an old wise person. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're able to kind of like pull that even after you come down, you're kind of able to pull that like way of being that experience with you. Yeah. And f- yeah. Wrap it into yours. I really felt like what it was like to be around me. Mm-hmm. Like you're so, your ego is like so obliterated that you're able to kind of see yourself clearly like, Oh, this is all the bad shit I do. That's like, holding tripping me up from being like my highest self Mm -hmm. but you have such empathy for yourself Mm -hmm. so you're not like being hard on yourself like oh man i'm so bad like this you're just enveloped in so much love yeah that you're able to go oh it's cool man oh i did that it's not even like you're you're instantly over it and you're just about being your best self which in the present moment for any, other people, you know? Right. Which is where any sort of personal change should come from is, you know, this place of love and gratitude and comfort mm-hmm. and forgiveness and not from, oh, shame on me. I need to, you know, change this thing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So anyway, yeah, I did ayahuasca and it was interesting when I was there in Peru, I didn't really... Sorry, can I ask you a question really quick? Yeah, yeah, Because, yeah. so I remember... You know, years ago on many podcasts I listened to, such as Joe Rogan, hearing people mm-hmm. talk about doing ayahuasca and stuff. And I was always just thinking, man, this sounds so awesome. But are you just supposed to like, how how do you find a shaman to do ayahuasca with when you get down to Peru? Do you just like Google that or how do you figure this out? Yeah, I, I pretty much just Googled. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, and found some forums, you know, actual people. And I'll look at their posts. Oh, this person isn't crazy. And they're vouching they've gone to this place and they're saying, yeah, this is a good place. And you see from multiple sources, all people, you know, like almost like a Yelp page you build in your head. Like, okay, I have six people who are saying it's awesome and no negatives. Mm-hmm. So um, they had like a website, even all the websites are kind of, you know, like very 1995. But yeah. um, they had a website and you could contact them and someone really normal and cool contacting me back. And I was like, you know, it's good vibes the whole way. So yeah, that, I went to Re- Refugio Altiplano. Um, you can find him on Facebook. The, um, the guy that owned it, um, actually passed, um, like a year and a half ago. 
Um, it's really sad, but um, they're still going strong. I like saw them on Facebook. Some other dude bought it, and he seems really awesome. And they have the same um, Peruvian like Ayahuascaros working there. Yeah, and those guys that, that sing the Icaros and everything. So it's I'm sure it's still an awesome place to go. Yeah, I'm actually planning to go back in October to um, this guy Don Howard, who Aubrey vouches for he calls him like the white wizard like gandalf so <laughs> that's awesome looking forward to that so take us back to this experience then so you have this great kind of transcendental experience yeah and well, even before that i don't know if i said i showed my sister the video and she was like let's fucking go yeah let's fucking go and yeah we go and every night built on the last we did three ceremonies and yeah it was completely just life-changing when i got back i had so much self-belief um, I really felt like I could do anything and it's create. It's so interesting, like how incorrect most people's thought of ego is, and like what we in the Western world have turned the word ego to mean. You know, which is that you're cocky and you're egotistical, and mm-hmm. you think about yourself right, and right. yada yada yada. Which what you just said is so true that if if you can manage your ego and if better yet, like destroy your ego to a certain extent, all of a sudden, all this mm-hmm. extra self belief comes in yeah that like the ego is this fake false sense of self-belief but behind that with yeah. your you know your true and your higher self there is this much deeper true true belief in, yeah. in yourself and who you are yeah absolutely definitely so you connect with this and you start thinking i i think i can start my own business um well i mean first i built the tank and then um a lot of time went by you know the ayahuasca inspiration you know it it definitely put a lot in my head long term but it was also like a a six month i felt like a six month amount of like fuel of inspiration and then i was back into a lot of bad habits of just like drinking and going out and like not being in like a really creative focused mode um and then a couple years went by and um yeah just listening to like duncan over and over talk about killing the vampire in my life. I was like, I was in Costa Rica one year with friends and we're doing, um, new year's resolutions. And when it came around, I was like, I'm quitting my job this year. Like no, no way I'm not, you know, it's like, it's happening. And it was like really planted in the ground. And I was like really serious about it. And it was a very much a cool kind of ceremony. Um, we were all, my friend, he's, he works for ESPN. His name's Sam Alleypore. And he, he's an awesome dude. And he's just like all about like, you know, creating possibilities for yourself and, you know, being the best person you can be and like really like dominating, like kicking ass in like your career. And so, yeah, like I knew that was like a really healthy space for me to like create this awesome thing into. And it stuck. And I was sort of dating this girl at the time who just mentioned, Oh, like, I just want to like, drop out of life and like go live in Southeast Asia for a year. And I sort of like, it just like popped in my head. Like, like what? Like that's possible. I never even thought of that. I guess I, you know what? Um, I sort of did hear about that before through Tim Ferriss, the four hour work week. Mm-hmm. He talks a lot about like arbitraging currency. Essentially you make money in the U S take three months off and go travel in Asia with, totally. you know, $5,000 or whatever. Yeah. Um, and he's a big supporter less. of uh, Rolf Potts' book, Vagabonding, which I've read is it. all about that. Of awesome how book. Exactly. inexpensive, if you go to a place like Southeast mm-hmm. Asia, 
that yeah. if you had $5,000 saved up, you could live there for a year and a half with mm-hmm. $5,000, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I'd read that stuff. And then when she said that, I was like, it just like got me down this road. And I started researching like the real nuts and bolts of how much it would cost. And the more I read about it, and as I read, reading Vagabonding was what got me to like really go for it. It was so inspiring. And like, you just really wrap your head around how much, how far a dollar can go and how awesome the experience is. And then, yeah, I went and, um, like six months after I said that I quit my job, I had it all planned out and, um, yeah, I just backpacked Southeast Asia for six months and it was incredible. And, uh, I think like only two or three weeks into the trip, I, um, basically, um, went to this like party. It's like at a, um, in Copenhagen, they have like the full moon party, but like, there's actually the best beach on that Island is actually a boat ride from the full moon, um, party beach. You take a boat from there to another little bay and it's like super chill, like yoga people and stuff. And I found this spot and, um, just was like having the best night of my life. And, um, took some MDMA may have, uh, helped the situation. <laughs> I was feeling fantastic yeah. and was just sitting on the rocks and never felt like the freedom of not having anything and no job to go to, no, no rent to pay. Right. I had all my money saved up for six months. I had all this time ahead of me, so I had nothing to worry about. You know what I mean? And I was just by myself, like making new friends and you realize like how rare it is you make like a, a new friend in normal society, you know, mm-hmm. like one every whatever, but you're meeting, you're making five friends a freaking day, you know, and yeah. there's, everyone's new and it's just so exciting. And this, I had this like incredible energy and I just, um, like we were talking about earlier before the podcast, like, uh, imagining, like really seeing in full technicolor your ideal future and like really like seeing it and creating it and like being bold about it really fucking bold. Like think big. You always hear people say that like that shit works. Like like, aim for the freaking stars, you know? And I was just in that full on mode of like imagining, okay, where do I want to be? San Francisco. You know, I want to, I want to start a float spot. I know like it was just, it was almost like, like, what are you doing? Like, you know what you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. I was like lying to myself that I, didn't know what to do with my life, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, you, you're just scared. Yeah. Like man up. Absolutely. And this is what I'm, I'm going to do. And you can so easily in that moment, like think about it and like kind of tell yourself, Oh, I think I'm going to do this. I think maybe I'm going to try to No, I wrote on Facebook. I am starting a float spot in San Francisco when I get back. Yeah. Period. And it was just like, you know, that was it. I wasn't going to let like, myself fail and like tell everyone I was going to do this and then not. Yeah. Like I, I can't do that. Yeah. Like, I mean, you basically can't let to, I guess back to the ego part, you can't let your ego hold yourself back. Mm-hmm. You can't let this version of yourself that wants to protect itself and wants to protect its image. And it's thought about itself saying mm-hmm. things like, Oh, but what if you fail? And what does that mean? And what, what yeah. all these things that will start to creep up no matter what, you know, you'll, all these doubts will start to creep up. So good thing that while you're in this empowered state to post that out to the entire world mm-hmm. and then be committed. And it has yeah. to happen at that point. Not wake up hungover and go, Oh fuck, I was fucked up. What a bad idea. And get, let your ego wrap its grip around comfort and safety. And you know, what's easy. You, you got to go balls out with, with that stuff. And I think I've, 
Um, I've done this thing called Landmark Education. Have you ever heard of Landmark? I have, yeah. Yeah, so that was a lot of, um, that was kind of a Landmarkian um, idea to do that stuff. I found Landmark to be, that was almost I, almost more life-changing than the ayahuasca, actually. Um, my sister did it, and then I went to like her graduation. It's like, um, so Landmark's like a weekend course. You're there all day, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and you're just in a room with a bunch of people, and um, you share if you want about your life and whatever, or a lot of it's just like sitting and listening to kind of an instructor, just like read from this book and explain. It's kind of like a roadmap for what's going on in your head. What, and it really kind of dis- gets you um, to understand distinctions between what's real and what's not real, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and it's really empowering and awesome, but um, yeah. I don't know what, where I was going with that. I guess um, just landmark <laughs> is awesome. Yeah, and that was all a huge, the things they brought you. Yeah, I mean, I got so much from that as well. So yeah, I definitely would recommend people checking that out if you're interested. I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty epic. She brought me to this the graduation, and she um, and everyone was there. Just had the most incredible energy. It wasn't like plastic smiles. It was like they were beaming from deep inside. Yeah, and I was like, what the fuck are these people on? Like, <laughs> I want it. I, yeah. Give me some. I didn't. She was like. What made it easy was she said she would pay for it. So I was just like, fuck it. Yeah. If you're going to pay for it, I'll try it. Yeah, like, for sure. I can, I can leave and lock the door. And if it yeah. sucks, I'll leave. And it was amazing. It yeah. was I, the day after my landmark forum was over, I got to work and I told my boss, this is the best day of my life. Just because my inner head was so rational and clear headed and like just in a great, I'd never been in that great of a place mentally yeah. after it. So so you decided to leave your free iPads and free Vitamixes mm-hmm. behind and start your own business. So mm-hmm. you move up here to San Francisco. Yep. Uh, you, did you, I imagine you got to secure a loan for your business and go through this whole process. So yeah, I get back and, um, well, even before I got back, I was in Cambodia trying to build a float tank for a meditation retreat. Um, Hari Haralaya is a place in, uh, outside Siem Reap, Cambodia that I went to quite a bit, um, really cool place. And, um, the guy was interested in flow tanks. So I was actually trying to build one there. It didn't work out. The Cambodian guy I was working with just like stopped answering my calls. So I was like, all right, well I'm going home. But when I was doing that, I was just researching floating like crazy. Cause I was going to build another tank for this retreat and, um, found used float tanks in Arizona. And my dad lives in Arizona and these, these tanks were five minutes from his house. And it was four float tanks for 50 grand, these awesome pods, which is like the most insane deal. I was almost like, what's wrong with these? You know, like, and I don't know we have them and they're amazing. So it Wait, was those just, are the ones that you have at your place. Yeah. Yeah. Those are crazy nice. Yeah. They're $30,000 new, the ISO pods. And we have three of those and then a float pod. So this guy, Nick at true rest down the street from my dad's house. I mean, talk about total serendipity, man. I mean, it was insane. So that yeah, was man. a huge It's funny hurdle. how using Duncan Trussell's, uh, uh, like euphemism of killing a vampire. It's funny how, like, as soon as you do that, it, all these things just start to mm. happen for you. Um, yeah. Yeah. The world is yeah. a wonderful place, you know, put the possibility out there, shout it from the mountaintops and stuff starts to fall into place. Yeah. You just got to show up, you know, yeah. show up every day and, that's that's a huge part of it. It's just every day do one little thing to get towards your dream. It sounds super cheesy, but it's 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 just steps. So 
another a huge part of like my belief in, in creating a business um, was climbing uh, Mount Machu Picchu, actually, which sounds weird. I It was a much harder hike than I um, expected, you know, all the way to the top, like above the ruins. The steps are like freaking a foot and a half tall, and you're super exhausted, but like I just kept, I was getting this wisdom, like just one foot in front of the other, one foot in front of the other, eventually we're going to be there. And... It, when I got to the top, it was just like, you're so fucking high uh, on the top of that mountain. Like the clouds, you're like with the clouds and all these other mountaintops are super high. You feel like you're at the top of the world. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Definitely recommend. If you go to Machu Picchu and don't hike Mount Machu Picchu, you're totally missing out too. It's the tallest one. There's, um, I think Hawana Picchu is the other one, but Mount Machu Picchu, I didn't do that one. But Mount Machu Picchu looks way down on that peak. Yeah. And so you're looking down on everything and I was like... I'm so fucking high right now. And all I did was put one foot in front of the other. Yeah. So you have this physical manifestation of what you had already been thinking. It was like, yeah, it was like wisdom kind of embodied physically, you know, in this experience. So that was, that's kind of like what I use to kind of keep the belief alive. It's just like, keep your head down, just keep taking baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. And you're going to be on some crazy fucking mountaintop. Anyone can do it. You know, like anything you want to do, you can do it. You just, got to believe belief is everything. So where's the business at now? How long ago did you open? How are things looking now? Yeah. So we opened, um, end of April, 2015. Um, we're in the Marina of San Francisco on Lombard street. It's called reboot. And, um, yeah, it's going great. I mean, people love it. Like, so we opened and the first weekend, some of the reviews I got brought me to tears, like, because people were having that aha moment that I had on my first float. And they would come out like jaw dropped, wide eyed and like thanking me so much for like introducing floating to them. That's incredible. It's the best feeling. I get goosebumps and I fucking, I don't cry. And I was bawling. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's awesome, man. And I'm sure that like what a, what just this perfect manifestation of all this hard work that you've done and this whole trip to get to where you want to be and you open and to see your, you know. Mm-hmm. What you've done change other people's lives. What a wonderful thing. Yeah, it's it's really trippy. <laughs> so how take me through the like the launch process and what you did cuz you know I've heard so many unfortunate and sad stories of people like opening a restaurant mm-hmm. and you know they let everyone they know know about it and they try mm-hmm. to get like it in the local newspaper and whatever and then they open and first week it's just like one person comes in to eat dinner every night and stuff like how did you get people inside what's cool is like there's a lot of information the floating community because of what floating is i guess like it's just super meditative and chill and like kind of you know sort of i don't know i don't want to use the word enlightening but you know it's like sort of spiritual in a way it attracts a lot of really cool people who are just like down to help out right so just the, the float conference is, um, every August and this is like the fourth or fifth year this year. And they put all the videos online and the owners talk about like why and how they got successful. And, um, Mike Zambria from float house giving them, they're like amazingly successful. It's like extremely professional. They're really smart dudes. And he basically gave away all their secrets. You know, this is how you do it. And it's a lot of it's what's cool about floating is, you can give people free floats and it doesn't cost you anything. So, you know, we're constantly just giving out floats to people and then they float and they're like, holy shit, that was awesome. 
I want to come I, back. I want to, not only do I want to come back, but I want to tell 10 people. Yeah. And that's the network effect that just starts snowballing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a nice thing about your business being, uh, this upfront fixed cost, yeah. but there's not a lot of ongoing cost with it. So exactly. you're not really it's out really anything to, to, for, you know, each individual flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that was a huge part of it. We set up the website really early and just like started to get the word out there. I was driving for Lyft while we were building it and I would have like business cards in my Lyft and you know, we got a pretty big mailing list, um, before we even opened, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure, you know, giving away a free floats doesn't really work for every business, but, um, you know, it worked for mine. It worked for yours. Yeah. Especially yeah. with the smoking deal that you got on your pods and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about floating. Um, like what, what do you try to do to center yourself, to calm yourself? What, what are, I mean, how many times have you floated now? I, I'm not a big, like counter. Okay. But <laughs> Some people lot, are sure. like, yeah, I floated 452 <laughs> times. Yeah. It was awesome. I was like, wow, really? Okay. I don't really count mine, but all right, I float so let's about go every over, other day. I'm sure a lot. Um, so let's go over some of the like tips and tricks uh, for okay. people that maybe want to try floating for the first time. Sure. Yeah. I mean, so the most important thing is to not get the salt in your eyes. It burns really bad. So yeah. don't touch your, if you touch your face like at all, it somehow always goes in your eye. Um, so we provide like a cloth and a spray bottle. So if you do get it in the eye, it makes it a lot better, which is nice. So um, that's number one. You definitely don't want to get salt in your eye. Um, I also recommend to people to try the kind of like eye surrender hands over your head type position. Yeah. It just arches your lower back a little bit and it's not intuitive to do. A lot of times in floating pictures, everyone has their hands down because yeah. it looks kind of more normal. But when you're floating, I think most people who float a lot float with their hands up at least a portion of the time. I'll definitely like move my, I'll do like a mummy with my hands crossed and put them down. And sometimes I'll like even stretch kind of like lean my body left and right, which is nice. Mm -hmm. Another kind of, um, cool tip you can try if you float is to tone, which is, um, you have to have earplugs out to do this, but you just like do like a, and the whole like water reverberates Yeah, and it's pretty badass. Like when I, there's really powerful tone. stuff you can do with sound. So yeah, it's like chanting kind of it. And it just, it really focuses your consciousness on the present moment. It's like, so just in this like, ohm. and when I stop toning, it's like, my mind is like a barren wasteland of quiet. <laughs> it's fucking epic. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome, man. So that's a good tip. Um, I think it's like ideal to like not be super, um, full of food when you float and definitely avoid caffeine. Um, but besides that, I mean, do you listen to music when you float or do you try to do it quiet? I, I've done some like different guided stuff. Um, I have a pretty badass one called, um, the universal mind meditation by, um, brain sync. This woman, Kelly Howell narrates it. And the, there's like all these really cool tones underneath it. And it's pretty rad, but, um, there's nothing like the silence. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the whole point is like create that void, you know, where, you know, just peace and kind of ideas come from. Yeah, so mostly I just do the standard float. We have music in the beginning and end, which is pretty cool. It's like really relaxing, uh, kind of like Zen fluid, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it really like eases you into it. A lot of places it's just um, total silence the whole time. 
which you want the silence in the middle. That's like the bread and butter, but the beginning and end music is like definitely a good way to go. Yeah. I really like how you had that today. That's so, that's so smart. Thank you. Yeah. So we got that from true rest in Arizona. Those that's where we got our pods from. Yeah. Yeah. If you're in Arizona, there's a bunch of true rest Now they're franchised. So they're, they're kind of all over the map now, but the the guy um, who owns it, Nick, is a really badass dude. Yeah, lucky you to come across those guys. I know. Yeah. Um, how is your experience now that you, now that you're more experienced with mm. floating? Is your experience different than when than how it was when you first started? Um, yeah, I mean, like every float is like different. It's weird, um, but it seems to like get better each time. It's interesting. I mean, I guess it's like meditation, where you know people talk about just as they get deeper and deeper down this like rabbit hole of meditating, they get to a point where it's like they start raving, like you were saying earlier, like, Oh, they're raving about how awesome it is. It's because they've done it so much that you kind of, it is a skill that you get better and better at. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so it kind of just like keeps getting better, but, um, you kind of just like the more you float, the more you kind of hit the ground running right away. You know, it's like a muscle you just know how to use. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, we definitely, I mean, obviously it makes sense for our business to say this, but it's true. Like, the more you float, like the more beneficial it is. The the benefits really start like snowballing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, meditation is certainly that way. And mm-hmm. I mean, the hard thing with any with a practice like meditation, or I imagine with something like floating for someone that doesn't get a lot out of it the first time or, or whatever, is as you start to uh, like quote unquote get better at these things. Like if you were to get better at meditation, it's not like exercise or whatever, you know, if, if you have to take a month to exercise before your muscles start getting toned up Mm -hmm. still after that month, you're going to look in the mirror and you're gonna be like, Oh my God, I look so much better than I looked last month. There's this very visible thing happening in front of you versus meditating every day. It's so slow and so gradual. And the times in your day where you handle a situation more calmly or where you have less of your ego present, you, you really need to sit back and think about those things. You need to think like, man, like, did I handle that differently just now than I would have before I started meditating? You know, the changes in the mind are much different than changes in the body. So yeah, I imagine that same kind of thing, uh, happens with floating where like, you don't really know if it's getting better or not, but, uh, yeah, I totally know what you're talking about with the meditating. Like, I mean, certain days I would wake up and read, um, my favorite Zen book is called Zen mind beginner's mind. I just found it to be like the cleanest kind of description of it's hard. You're putting words like, Oh, how do I meditate? Well, I can't really tell you with words, <laughs> but like this book, i you know, there's a lot of like different things like Eckhart Tolle and like Ram Dass, a lot of great teachers out there that I love. But as far as books, that was level. It's like very kind of short and sweet too. And you just, it's just jam packed with wisdom where you can read like one paragraph and you'll see it like play out how it helped you kind of through the day. And I remember just when I was really reading that book, I would, it would be so clear, like certain days when I had read just a pass one passage in the morning, how much better it would make my day. Yeah. And then days when I didn't do it and it'd just be like, Oh man, I totally should have taken the freaking two seconds to download a little bit of wisdom in my day. It really can make a difference. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So why don't we go ahead and end it with, and you leave us off with something on, I guess, more of the business end, which is as a now small business owner, um, who had to do something very scary, which is quitting your job and leaving everything behind to start your business. Like 
just distill that all down to like one single piece of advice for people um, <laughs> that you've learned over the past few years? Um, yeah, I mean, I like, I just think it's all about belief and kind of like going for it and taking the leap of faith. Um, that's just all it is. Just, you got to have balls and you got to take a leap of faith and you have to do scary shit. And that's it. Just like, if you're thinking about maybe doing something like just jump, man, nothing's, you're not going to die. Like <laughs> that's the thing. And that's a lot. What I got from ayahuasca is like, you, you really feel like you're going to die because your ego is dying. Yeah. And you just got to let go, man, let go. It's going to be fine. Go for it. That's, that's it. Yeah. Well <laughs> said, man. Definitely. Mike, thanks so much. We appreciate it. Thank you, man. It was fun.